everybody. Welcome to the long and short of it. This is a podcast where we are anything but short and sweet. And we discuss random scenarios and ponder them for too long. I'm Deanna. And I'm Tim. And we're Dim. And welcome to episode 98 of the podcast, where today, Deanna, do you want to reveal what today is? It's totally not another personality quiz. What are we calling this? The influences of our lives. (laughs) Yeah, you know. (laughs) We didn't like title it, so I was just like, ah, this is what I'm going to call it. (laughs) Perfect. That's pretty much what I expected is... A brief, brief sentence, because I don't know what sort of hype words to <laughs> summarize it in. <laughs> a uh, trip down memory lane. Yeah, basically, we just kind of wanted to think about all the things, reflect on all the things that we've always been interested in and, like, oh, where it all kind of started. But mm-hmm. then also just bringing up some, like, core memory kind of things and, like, what we've taken as through life as valuable to us. Yeah, think of it as like a 50% indulging ourselves with Mm -hmm. an audience and then 50% anybody that's curious about why the hell do Tim and Deanna talk about the same video games over and over and And, And their origin stories to where they, how they got where they are today in different aspects of their lives maybe will be answered. I feel like we always talk about like the things we like and like we, we do tell the stories of like, you know, how it, how we got there, but yeah. It is kind of interesting doing a little peek behind the curtain. <clears throat> I'm always interested to hear, because we'll get into it later, but as a sneak peek, our music tastes are a little niche, or at least a little quote-unquote outdated by the genres that we listen to. So I'm always interested to like see people on like YouTube or other people I deem as like cool or interesting also share similar interests to me. And I'm like, well, how did you get there? Like mm. what? If you're into pop punk too, how, how who who introduced you to this and why did it stick yeah. with you for another 20 years after it became irrelevant? So maybe, yeah. you know, if you're those one of those people, you'll understand a little bit deeper with us. Yeah, I'm definitely like anytime I get interested in like a new creator and they start talking about like or if it's like creators and they're like friends, I always love mm-hmm. hearing like origin stories. Right. We ha- we've told our origin story, right? Yeah, we have. Okay. And we may it's, touch on it's some... It's boring, <laughs> but interesting I mean, to us. <laughs> I'd say it's like 60% interesting, where it's like not the typical, but it's also not like a spur of the moment, like super rare occurrence that we like met in a thousands upon thousands of sea of people sort of like massive college like UMass or something. Yeah, like, yeah. It was a tiny... Tenure school we just, for the most part. We just met at school, but like through a, a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. And then, but it is, I, okay, quick aside. I quick feel anecdote. like even if we did not meet that first week, that us being friends would have been inevitable. I do feel that way. I, I think so too, just with the nature of our program and being yes. like stuck so with close, each other all the time. And then, like, it would have been obvious that we had similar likes and dislikes like yeah even like eventually because oh, it yeah. could have been very easy that we wouldn't have met until second semester or like not met but like talked more than in passing right because we didn't really have any classes actual classes together freshman year i don't think 
No, not really. It first semester. Sorry, so say first semester because yeah. you had a different studio professor than me. You had a different art history teacher than me, and you took different mm-hmm. core classes than me. So we really only connected because of the mutual friend and right. living in the same building. Yeah, and we definitely would have gotten there because I mean it wasn't like a super tight knit group of people in studio, but there definitely was like friend groups, and I feel like our friend groups would have overlapped. Yeah, in a it would have merged. Also, like, I feel like a lot of friend groups, like, started to overlap over time and merge together or break apart. Like, there was a lot of, like, hopping around. Yeah, so, right? I mean, that's that's how it goes sometimes. I mean, that's fun. how I like, that's why I liked our program. Some people didn't like that about our program, but that's, that's what yeah. I liked. I liked that we, like, had separation, but also were tight-knit. <laughs> yeah. Even if we weren't in the same studio, we could walk over to the other person's desk after class and be like, you stand. You staying after dinner? Cool, me too. That's, uh, I didn't write this down, but that is definitely, like, my defining moment of freshman year that I would say is, like, just is you and I working at my desk in studio listening to music. Mm, That's true. That's, like, my favorite memory of us, like, hanging out when we were first becoming friends. Oh. Back when studio projects were, like, baby simple. Yep, and, it was like, <laughs> and yeah, we, we could just stayed it. up so late to do yeah. garbage. Like I look, I look at those projects, and I'm like, I can't believe it took me this long to make this. Yep. <laughs> like how embarrassing. Same, same, hundred percent. Whenever I go home and I see the like pile of models, I'm like, I remember when you took me like two days to make. What the fuck was I doing? Some some of those fucking models we made freshman year that took us so long were like eventually became party models or progress yeah. models like yep. later in the later years and now i understand why the professor sometimes had disdain for us <laughs> like <laughs> you guys are being babies it's like yeah <laughs> yeah you're right but when you're first learning it is hard right when you're coming from like almost zero experience in like the workflow of architecture it it does seem super daunting um but before we start that yeah I've got the poll, but I also got to talk about this fucking Nitro Pepsi. So Nitro. if you're on the internet at all, there have been all nope. these like ads <clears throat> about Nitro Pepsi and, you know, some creators have been talking about it, but it's uh, basically just like if you've ever heard of like Nitro coffee, it's literally mm. just like nitrogen infused. And so the point of it is that it makes it like creamier and like foamier creamy baileys um but i had heard about it enough that i was like i gotta try it because i just i don't know i just was curious and i went and got that you can buy a single can at the grocery store so i did that you can also buy packs i should have bought a pack spoiler alert um it makes the weirdest fucking noise when you open it it is like such a gurgle. I did it on the phone with Raya and she was like, was that the fucking can? And I was like, <laughs> yes. It uh, it just like gurgles like so much and like <laughs> it's like releasing all of the gas at once. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Um, It's like a tall boy size for you alcoholics. Um, But wow. sorry. <laughs> that came off aggressive. Alcohol I just, <laughs> enthusiasts. It was supposed to be You're... more of like a joke, but I said it way too seriously. <laughs> You fucking alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's 13 and a half ounces. Okay. Mm-hmm. Basically all it is, their little slogan is smooth, creamy, and easy to drink. And have to say, that is the best marketing 
to describe this drink. I nice. It is that is exactly the three words I would use. It's like it's way easier to drink because the point of it is that there's smaller bubbles, and it even says smaller bu- smaller bubbles, smoother taste. So mm. it's like some people have been critical of it that it's just tastes like flat soda, and I understand why they think that, but like. Mm. And that's because they probably just like the carbonation better. Right. But I actually like really like this. I don't know why. <laughs> I, it, it does feel smoother. And the fact is, I feel like I can drink way more of it because the bubbles are smaller. It's basically right. just like, imagine flat soda, but like really fizzy or just imagine normal soda with like half the carbonation. Mm-hmm. Like it tastes like the experience of soda after you put a ton of ice cubes into it to like yep. fizzle it out. Yep. But then without the water downness of having ice in it. And like yeah. so it's just like so nice. And they even have instructions on the can that say like chill the can, pour hard, and then admire and enjoy. And like <laughs> it does get super foamy and I don't know. I recommend if you're curious at all and you don't like carbonation, I didn't feel like I had to, you know, that like fizziness you get in your nose if you like drink soda too fast. You don't get that at all. I literally chugged like almost the entire glass in like two minutes, which this is my uh, (laughs) one, not a complaint, but like a warning. Yep. If you are uh, concerned about caffeine. Oh, boy. So a normal can of caffeine, a normal can of caffeine, a normal can of Pepsi has 38 milligrams of caffeine, which obviously it's a smaller can. So remember, I'm just an idiot. I forgot this is a tall can. Mm -hmm. Um, How much sugar do you think is in this Pepsi can and how much caffeine do you think is in this? I would say like 1.5 times the amount. I don't know what the number would come out to be, but. I imagine since it's a tall Close. boy and maybe so, because of the nitrogen, they had to do a little difference on the proportions. Right. So the caffeine is 77 milligrams for the, for the can, which is oh, okay. double double the original, which wow. I don't know. What is a normal can? Like eight ounces? I don't know. So I don't know. But and then the amount of sugar is 62 grams of sugar in this fucking can. Like, hmm. OK. And because it's so easy to drink, though. Yep. And also they... I don't know if they warn against it or if like other people that have tasted it warned against it. You're kind of expected to drink it Slowly. quicker. Be- no, no, quicker because the bubbles, since they're smaller, oh. it, it gets flat faster. Gotcha. So I like enjoyed the taste and also was thinking about how like, oh, I want the bubbles to stay. So I like chugged the hell out of it and like drank it in less than like three minutes. And then I instantly was like, but. I should have checked how much caffeine was in that because I don't do well with a lot of caffeine. And I feel like I ha- I've had that kind of like, I'm okay, but I felt like that kind of like jitteriness, like underlying, like gonna happen, but it's not enough to put me over and like a weird like caffeine kind of headache. Yeah, so yeah. that is the warning I would put out there <laughs> okay. that it is very sugary and very caffeinated for me, at least. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, I think apparently a single cup of coffee is like 80 grams of. Yes. But I normally drink my cup of coffee over the course of like a half hour. So I don't normally have the effect as much and I normally eat it with something. So, yeah. Anyway, I would recommend it. It's fun. It's a fun little experience. <laughs> fun, it, but with it, caution. Because you, you think it's going to be way different. 
you can't go into it thinking that it's going to be like a this crazy thing. It tastes exactly the same as Pepsi. It's just a different like mouth feel. Right. And you know, some people are super into that bubbly feel, so it might not be for everybody, but I'm definitely keen on trying it now that yeah. you've told me about it before the recording and even now your description on it. It just sounds like a new experience. So I got to know what cool it's about. It's cool because it's like, I don't know. I was like surprised when I first drank it. I was like, ooh. Like, yeah. It's like this sizzly. It just feels like sizzly. Like, when, yeah. <laughs> but oh. I, do, I do get why people think it just is like, oh, it's just flat soda. It's like, yeah, because it is like more of like a mild experience. Yeah. But it might be good for the people that like the taste of soda, but not the carbonation. That's how I feel. I don't I don't like the carbonation. I purposely, like, don't drink soda, one, because I don't need it, and I like water, and it's like... Same. I get, I get my sugar elsewhere, basically. But also, <laughs> I hate that soda makes me burp a lot. Oh, yeah. It does And it's like, too. it makes me feel gross, like, burping that much, so... Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point. Fair point. Um... Next, we have the pole, the pole pod. I would like to move on for that so I don't beat it to death. Okay. Um, so the poll from two weeks ago, because we skipped a week. Um, at what age did you go to your first concert? Which I think we talked about in that episode. We did. Um, that was unrelated. It was like a quiz episode, but I always like to just pull out like one talking point that I think will do well as a poll. Mm-hmm. And I, I labeled it. I should have like did this differently i kind of regret it picking 16 as the point i said younger than 16 or 16 and older and i kind of wish i had done it like you know 14 and younger or something because i feel like that's Mm. like way more surprising yeah um either way 65 percent of people said younger than 16 and i did the math Mm -hmm. remember when i told you that i was i think i was 16 when i went to that first concert the panic at the disco concert yep I was technically not, so I grouped <gasps> myself in under that. Oh. I looked up when the tour was. It was November 2015. I was turning 16 in December of that same year. <laughs> or, wow. sorry, not, not 2015. Not 2015. Sorry, 20, 2011. I was turning 15 yep. in 2011, right? Yep. 20, or, sorry, turning 16 in 2011. Um, I turned 16 in 2012, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I keep... I heard 15, not 2015. 2015 was college. That would be crazy. Yeah, I was like, um, uh, I don't know about no, that No, no, no. I was turning in 2011. 11. So. Yeah. But at that point, technically, I was still 15 and like. Okay. 15, 15.9. And I was like, <laughs> ah, it feels cheap to say that I wasn't 16 because I basically was. But then I was like, nah, it's not my birthday. So. Yeah. I mean, the law doesn't let you drink when you're 20.9 years old. That's literally, I was like, this wouldn't, this wouldn't fly. Get me into like a place that requires you to be a certain age. So yeah, I said I wasn't. Okay. Well, there you go. And it was 65% of people said that they went when they were younger than 16 or 16 and younger. No, younger than 16. It was 16 and older. 16 and older was was 35%, which... Was higher than, like, yeah. I thought it, like, this is actually, like, a good percentage, but I am still surprised that so many people went younger. And I do remember, I'm not going to, like, mention anyone specifically in case I get it wrong, but 
I remember <laughs> seeing who said that they had gone 16 and older, and I was surprised at those people because hmm. they very much to me seem like concert goers now. Yep. So it's interesting that they were late to the game. Well, not, I don't want to say late because like there's no wrong time to go, but right. in comparison to other people who go younger. Right. A bit of a late bloomer. Yeah. But that's kind of cool. Yeah. Cool to see. That's neat. Yeah, I feel like I should have been like, "What was your first concert?" Because I know some people's would have been like, "Miley Cyrus." Yeah, (laughs) and those people like don't even listen to her anymore, kind of thing. Right. Or they're like, "I saw Taylor Swift once, and then I didn't have enough money to see her ever again." (laughs) Look, the people that saw there's definitely some people in there that probably saw like One Direction. Oh yeah. Hey, count count your lucky stars when they were together. You got to see them. (laughs) Exactly. I never went to see them in concert, so I never had that opportunity. I just, I I used to like One Direction, but my thing is, is like, I would never have gone to their concerts because you can't, I don't, I would never enjoy a boy band concert because it's just, everyone's just screaming <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, even like, no matter how much I would like a boy band, it wouldn't matter because I would just be like, yeah, I'll just enjoy their cds <laughs> it's meant for the fandom that would do that and thrive in that environment definitely yeah not that's you. why they always break up because <laughs> they're you tired of at. you get screen time and you get tired of making the same music because the producers will just or the, the labels will just keep making them make the same shit <laughs> oh yeah the curse of being a pop star under a label so I get a lot of indie artists now that get to do what they want. Yeah, well, no surprise that Harry Styles became the mm. the the big right. star. The head the head man of the band is gonna be the head man in the solo sphere as well. He w- technically they were all supposed to be equal, but every single no. One Direction <laughs> fan had to know that he was the best and also knew he would like do that. So. <laughs> Yeah, he just looked the most marketable. He was like the kind of standoutish one, I would say. He was the most boyish. Uh, with his windswept hair, the boy Yeah, cut. that's what I'm saying. Like he had the the like whimsical look. Yeah. Um anyway, what do you <laughs> want to s- start off with on our influences? Oh yeah, he's uh, uh One Direction's on my list, Tim. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I could have put it on there, but I would You not. could have. You could. You very well could have. But I would have been very interested to hear much more of that story than just, yeah, I listened to them at one point. I like indulging in pop music. It's it's just fun to me. I, yeah. I like it's It is not my favorite, and I very much get sick of it. See, that's the thing about pop music for me is that I burn through it quicker. Like, right. I'll listen to the same pop song for a week, and then I'm like, I never need to listen to this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, And that's how it's meant to be. Yeah. In, like, you know, it's just to be in the moment and then discarded when it's no longer needed. Yeah. Which is sad, but that's the name of I, the I do go. Game. I like, I mean, but then also they become throwbacks eventually, right? And then you're like, fuck yeah, when it comes on. <laughs> well, depending on the artist, like how many of you, this is for people listening as well. How many people have gone back to listen to the song Dynamite? Oh, like sought it out and not just gotten excited on a playlist? Yeah. 
Oh, who's been I like, mean, oh, I need a throwback. Let me let me get dynamite on. Uh, I, I, I know I have not. But, Don't defend uh, that. Don't defend. It's it's a rhetorical question for anyone that said, yes, I do. Great for you. But if you were making a playlist, I would add it. You know what I mean? It It's in that gray area for me where it was like a sign of the times, but it still wasn't like a it was kind of standoutish, but like it's no Taylor Swift of like. True. I mean, you know. I don't, I have a throwbacks playlist and it is not on it because I don't really care for that song, but right. I, I understand like that it would, so most people's would for the meme of it, of it all, of like adding right. on. You don't typically add those types of throwbacks on for like good quality listening. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like there was, there were the artists that became popular and were like very successful and kept going. And then there were the essentially one hit wonders wonders that were like yeah i had a breakthrough song in 2010 and it was great but no one ever seeks it out ever again because i did not continue with a successful discography Hmm. unlike taylor swift and other people as well but that's one that comes to mind it's like there are throwbacks for sure but then there's also throwbacks that are just like i mean how many people go back and listen to Sean Kingston? No hate against Sean Kingston fans. But, like, I, if I hear it on a throwback playlist, I won't be disappointed. But I'll also be like, man, this needs to stay in 2009 because... That's how just... I feel about... is. Do you have, like, a band that... Is, is that the person that you can think of? It doesn't have to be a band, but it could be a musician. Where it takes you back to a time where you're just like wow, this deserves to stay in this time period and die there. Like, I, yes. <laughs> that's how I feel about the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> yes. I was going like, to bring them up next, too. It's like, like, they I had the loved, hits. I loved their hits at the time. And I still find it like, oh, like, it's fun, Bob, like, nostalgia. But at the same time, I'm just like, uh, like, this is so middle school. It's painful. Yes. And, like, I don't want to relive that era. <laughs> yeah. I would say besides where is the love, like boom, I feel boom, like pow. Yes, I was gonna say boom boom oh. pow was like such a sign of the times. It like, was like a cult hit. Like yeah. the amount it had, the captivation it had on yes. my seventh grade class was like too much. <laughs> I know it was. It was every very birthday enthralling. party ever, and it yes. was like everyone, all the popular kids thought they were such bad bitches, like being able to rap it and, and shit like that. Like, yeah, yeah. I know. Them chicken jacking my style. Yeah, like, oh, I know. Yeah. It's like <laughs> terrible lyrics, too. <laughs> oh, my God. So 3008. You so 2000 late. 2000 and late. <laughs> that I mean, I love Fergie, boom, boom, but boom. damn. <clears throat> I know. But, like, those types of things, you know? We're not talking about those. Or maybe we will. I'm not, I'm not talking about this. <laughs> Did you want to talk about music first? Um, Since we're on the topic, you know, With- let's have a nice segue. Yeah. With the uh, stipulation that we should not waste the rest of the episode on it, <laughs> as we yes. normally would. <laughs> we totally would. Honestly, could make a whole episode about music. But no, we can jump into music first and do like a brief overview for everyone that forgot. This is going to be like a encapsulating past, present, future, maybe future, but past and present of where we got to with our musical tastes and what led us there and how did we get to where we are today diana mm-hmm. do you want to start with my music taste yeah you know keep um, the segue going so we don't just jump ship and go to something else and then come back 
I know. I just I wasn't sure if you wanted me to start or if you were gonna. Um, no, that's fine. So I don't know. My my music taste initially was definite. I mean, just in general, being on like more of the rock side mm-hmm. was obviously influenced by my father. <clears throat> Classic. Um, I know that's like the age old story. Like, what else is it? Everything you get from your parents, right? Yeah. Or someone in your family, at least. Uh, so he used to like play us like a bunch of stuff in the car and everything but mm-hmm. i would say like my initial kickoff of really like a band that i felt like was mine that i mine as in just like you know i really started to actually like listen to it every day when cd players were a thing the walkman oh yeah i didn't have a walkman i had yeah. i i started with a cd player um yeah. <laughs> but i still have that cd player too i wonder if it works Oh, God. One of the buttons stopped working, I remember, and it would only work when it felt like it, and I really had to try. But <laughs> I kind of miss CD players. Like, the fun of clicking the CD in and then, like, yeah, right. looking moodily off the, out of the window in the <sighs> car. Yeah, right. Loved it. Um, was the band Rooney, which I think I told you about before, mm-hmm. right? You have, yeah. Which, if you don't know this band, you do... Actually, if you've seen The Princess Diaries, which everyone fucking has, um, this is my greatest fun fact about this, which is Robert Schwartzman, the, the like Mia's love interest in The Princess Diaries, was the lead singer of Rooney. And in the movie, like he his band plays on like the girls' radio show or whatever, and oh, Mia yeah. misses it. Yeah, but they play one of Rooney's songs in the background. It uh-huh. like blew my fucking mind when I like heard it. Um, I'm like almost no positive. Way. I don't. I don't think that's one of those like. I don't think it's a Mandela effect where I like created that story. But I, I'm yeah. pretty. I'm like almost positive. I and it was a song that I liked too. Mm-hmm. I think it was like Blue Side or something. Um, but wait, is that was that the name? Anyway, I'll look that up. But uh, I forget how I. F- I think my dad was like really into just like finding music. Um, and like i've kind of said before i'll touch on this with like games but i grew up with pcs my dad's in it and just like it was just always around us i never that was the most privileged thing uh not the most but one of the most privileged things in my life i would say uh was being around computers yeah just like being exposed like i didn't realize until much older that other people did not grow up with computers in their lives um I certainly did not right so uh he used to find music a lot um and i guess would find music for me too and mm-hmm. this was one of the bands and i just like loved them i don't know i don't know what it was and i now that i'm talking about them i really want to go and listen to their stuff again because <laughs> i haven't in a while um but i used to just like i think at the time they had like i only knew the one album and then they came out with one like later Mm-hmm. Uh, call, I think that was the Calling the World album. And I just used to listen to it all the time and I just loved it so much. And I just like thought I was so cool too because it was like rock and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd say that was like my most influential band that like pushed me towards that type of music. Mm. Um, and then it became the main. Like I'm, I'm specifically picking up bands that I remember the moment that I discovered them and became like, enamored with them yeah an instant fan <clears throat> yeah 
Uh, the main same thing that was in like sixth grade ish. I've been a fan of the main. I've said this before, literally since like their first album. Um, they had they had EPs before that, but I remember they were posting on social media a few years ago about like been together for ten years or whatever, and I'm like, ten years? Wait a sec! And then I like went back, and I'm just like, oh shit! Like I'm old. I'm old, and I also found them when they were like early on. Mm-hmm. Um, so How'd I'd say that, them? and I that was also my dad. Same exact oh. way. Okay, like literally the same exact way where he was just like, oh, what about this? And like the main. Haha, the main reason. The main yeah. reason that I, my dad picked them was he was like, haha, Maine. We like going to Maine. That is literally why we chose it. And like, I wow. started listening to them. Yeah. So if you think names don't matter for your band, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because that was the reason I clicked on it. Damn. Does your dad still know that you listen to the Maine and keep up with them? I think them? so. I think hmm. so. I mean, he, and it, this was a band too, like, that my dad actually like didn't mind and i went to see them in concert for the first time in high school that was my second ever concert mm-hmm. and he came mostly because it was just me and my friend and my dad didn't like the idea that we would be going into philly alone yeah um so he got a he got a ticket he didn't even just like bring us and drop us off and like go somewhere to wait he he got himself a ticket and came in and stood at the back and like he said he didn't mind it like nice you know because the main's kind of like yeah they're pop rock but still good (laughs) so uh i'm sure he probably died all throughout a rocket to the moon though Mm, (laughs) which was the head one of the headliners (laughs) yeah it's it's just a bunch of tween girls like (sighs) yeah freaking out and he's like, oh, God, kill me now. What, what was funny into? is, like, in the crowd, though, I do remember this, like, super tall buff dude, like, jamming out to Dakota. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. Um, And then I was, so that, yeah, I found them. And then I wrote this down at the last second because it is true. Okay. I would say state champs because mm. that band has just like so many memories like with our friendship attached to it and that's why i was thinking about like because you were the person who introduced me to state champs i did not know about them not your dad nope (laughs) sorry dad (laughs) can't win them all Uh, can't win them all yeah (laughs) but uh yeah that was like within the first like month or so and that was why i was just thinking about us working at my desk because that's literally like we would listen separately to music next to each other working and but the same album and there was that like one moment that i always talk about that i i loved where we ended up like our music accidentally synced up do you remember that and we both were listening to prepare to be noticed at the exact same time and it was because we both started like singing it or whatever or like it played out loud yeah it was so good oh but it's just like such a nostalgic time when things were like easier and it was just like (laughs) the fun of like new friendships building from college and everything and like but then that like kicked off me listening to all the other bands we listen to now because right the rest of the music i've listened to for the most part has been influenced by you Mm. it's like you bringing them up i know i thought you would like that oh since since music's so important to you i feel like most of the music i listen to now i mean 
the story so far i knew in high school and i liked but yeah yeah um that was kind of pushed on by you i think neck deep a little bit but again yeah i think you knew them already i did more in college it was like a friend i had in high school uh Mm -hmm. introduced me to some of that but like I don't know any of the others. And of course, now I can't recall any of the other bands I listened to. Seaway, I loved. God, the amount of binging of Seaway I did. Oh, um, I remember that. I still, I think, I was thinking about this the other day because I, I was, I went back and listened to "Life's Not Out to Get You" by Neck Deep, that album, because mm-hmm. I just love it so much. And. uh I was like, oh, like, is this the album I could listen to on repeat? But I actually think it might be State Champs' Finer Things or Seaway's, uh, like, or that Colorblind. one original. Yes, Colorblind. Yeah. I think it would actually be those. because, And then Neck Deeps would be third. Because, like, Threat Level Midnight and whatever the other one is <laughs> it's like the second one fuck what's the second one can't, can't kick up the roots is third i can't remember what the first two are that i, I skipped those a decent amount oh, yeah. um but I, I still like them it's just like i like the others more and i'm always antsy to get to those right yeah yeah um but I've on the there. other the other two albums i talked about i could easily like binge those all the way through so, well it's funny you say that because they those three would definitely be the ones i remember you binging the har- absolute hardest hardest especially Absolutely. colorblind where i would literally colorblind go over to your like, desk for like months and you would still months. be listening to it and i'm like jesus christ she's really into the song i guess because also like well it was like the whole album um i know but but i was just I, like oh it's on youtube it was always Maybe on my laptop to- yeah like and i always like, had my oh. bluetooth headphones yeah, yeah, and it was on top of my toolbox, and, like, even one of, like, our other friends who was into it was like, man, you are always listening to that. And it's, like, because it was my easy listening album. That's how right. you know it's a good album, where, like, I used to, like, listen to other stuff, but then once I didn't know what to put on anymore, right, I would put, put that, that on. on. And that would be, like, my grind it out, get the work done. Like, yeah. Put, and that's just, like, yeah, they got so many listens from me that, that <laughs> semester. It was pretty much, like, three straight months of just yeah. listening to that. I I would agree. Probably three months. You probably got them on like the record top chart list, and that's what set them up. And they're like, "Wow, we got so many people listening, and it's actually." And just now you. I haven't liked their most recent music, which is so uh, yeah. whatever. I hope they come back to me, but maybe we'll see. Anyway, that's mine. I don't know if we're already know. we're already like so far in this episode. I feel like we haven't talked about anything, but it's fine. I want to hear about yours since. music is so inherent to your life uh yeah it's a it's a bit of a bumpy road so i'll kind of sum it up into parts when i first got into music it was way too late in the game like with you you had your dad like introducing you to songs and bands and everything i never really had that i had a very weird concept of what songs were at the time because i never like asked questions about it and i would only hear songs from like my dad's classic rock radio and like Hmm. whatever was on the radio with my mom probably just the hits one playlist um so i never really knew that you could seek out other music i was just like oh this is the place that you listen to music and they just play music cool whatever yeah it was like i never was curious about it i guess i didn't really know how to be curious about it See, we like never listened to the radio. My ba- my dad basically drove drilled into my head that radio is trash. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> well, see, my dad would agree, but I think he just found like classic rock stadiums. Yeah, yeah. Just ugh, classic rock radio stations with his type of bands that would like mm. consistently play like Grateful Dead, any other sort of jam session band, and like. I can distinctly remember the songs to this day, and I still don't know who they're by, but I can, mm. like, sing them front to back and, like, yeah. recognize them immediately. I feel that way about about songs, too. Yeah. And that's, I like, remember the I first think? time I heard uh, 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 the fucking Fall Out Boy song that I mentioned from, that's on the, from Under the Cork Tree with uh, Sugar We're Going Down. I remember the first oh. time I heard that. It was in my, in my uncle's car on the way to the movies, and Damn. I just remember him singing it in the car. And I was just like, oh, this is like a weird, like, I didn't know the term grungy at the time, but like it yeah. was like, had like an edge to it. Right. And I was just like, oh, I kind of like this. And like, I didn't know that that was that song until years later, but I had always remembered mm. him singing it. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the same exact thing with me, except I didn't follow with my dad's stuff, but it was like you started with a dad that was into rock and that mm-hmm. set the foundation of like what I expected a lot of good quote unquote music to sound like. Um, and then I remember at like a certain point, it was like 2004, 2005, whenever Green Day's album American Idiot came out. Oh, I remember you telling me this. Yes. This was like the turning point of like. I was never a Green Day person. I wouldn't have been until my sister gave it to me. I don't dislike them. I just mean like I just never got into them at the time that they were popular. Yeah. And like I remember my sister had an extra CD player that she gave to me with American Idiot. And I was, at the time, I remember I wasn't, like, super keen on listening to it because there was an F word in one of the songs. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, ooh, I don't want my dad catching me listening to these bad, bad music or whatever. (laughs) But I still would. And I was like, okay, this is like my dad's rock music, but, like, different, like, edgier, grungier, whatever. I was like, slightly more aggressive, but it's cool. And I was like, I don't know why I like it, but I do. Um. But I still didn't know how to, like, find CDs and, like, I never asked my sister, hey, where did you get this? Because I'm interested. I was just like, cool, thanks, and then kept it to myself for some reason. Yeah. Um, And then it didn't really spark until elementary school. We had a, like, third or fourth grade, um, like, performance where our teacher let us choose a song to perform in front of all of our parents that are so proud of us because we practice so hard and we're so great. <laughs> and my best friend at the time, Luke, he was like, oh, we should sing this super cool song called The Middle by Jimmy oh, Eat World. Nice. And I was like, I've never heard that song. What is it? And he pulled it up on the computer. I don't know anything else by them. <laughs> I know. I should definitely check out their stuff, but... I still haven't, but we played it and I was like, this is a really cool song. Like that was the first one I was like, I totally get it. I am down with it. I love it. And then we performed it and we practiced all the time. So it was always in my head and we didn't have a guitarist. We had a dad who was a bassist. So while we were, we were just all singing the songs, taking turns, who was singing what vocal Mm. part. It was kind of weird. But when the, like, classic guitar solo comes in, he just, like, comes out with his bass guitar and, like, (laughs) fucking shreds on it. And I was like, that's fucking cool. So, like, that definitely opened my eyes to, like, what pop punk music and instruments were, like, doing and why I liked them. Um, And then it kind of just, like, went down that path where I was like, okay, I like this type of rock music. 
And then I also once... I, I should have mentioned Guitar Hero, by the way. But continue. Oh yeah, I was late to Guitar Hero too, but that was by the time I think I was already like set in my pop punk ways, and mm-hmm. I was like, I recognize that. That's cool. Um, but then middle school happened, and that's when like band names started being more familiar to me, and like my my friends were the ones that introduced me to more songs. My dad never really was like, "Here's music that I think you'd like, son." Yeah, he was just like, "These are my bands." You that's like my be. dad's favorite thing to do. He still does it. He still texts That's me so nice. songs to this day, and like, yeah, but some, but sometimes they're like, they're good, but yeah, uh, but it's I just like, like the not... idea of that of like yeah. having something with your dad where it's like, hey, I think you'd be interested in this because I personally don't have that, but I, I should, I'll start forwarding them to you because some <laughs> of them are like, he likes to send me ones that are like, for lack of a better term, shit posty, where they're like, oh. he likes listening to rockabilly where it's sometimes where they write ridiculous lyrics yeah yeah like he very much has a similar humor to us <laughs> oh good and i see i knew i liked your dad for a reason <laughs> um so yes send me send me his recommendations because i don't have a dad that does that um so i had friends that did that and my best friend zach when we became friends in sixth grade because he took my same bus but he was in the different school district for some reason he lived in my town but had to mm. like take the bus let all the kids yeah. get dropped off then he went to his dis- school district i went to middle school with him and he introduced me to another genre of music which was mm. a bit heavier yeah he, <laughs> here we go <laughs> he introduced me to a lot of bands like corn disturbed oh, Black Veil Brides, Asking oh, no, Alexandria. Not <laughs> yeah. And I was like What about Pierce the Veil? Uh he wasn't a big Pierce the Veil guy. That was And emo I don't know if that was Central. too too mm-hmm. early. This was like two thousand gosh, like two thousand seven, six. Mm, see Pierce the Veil was like I feel like that was at the cusp of like two thousand ten. Like two thousand nine, yeah. Yeah. At least for us. I feel like it didn't really hit until high school and that's when everybody started wearing their merch and their bracelets what about what about mcr uh yes definitely my chemical romance um so it was like a lot of that sort of like even more edgy more aggressive stuff and that was when i had a little bit of pushback and was like uh i don't know if i like this stuff it's a little too much for me but i think it just became like immersion therapy Mm -hmm. or something after a while where like i was always hanging out with zach this was his type of music. He would always sit on the bus with me and he'd be like, oh, look at this new song I found. And it would just be like straight metal. Oh, and Slipknot. Yeah. Also a lot of oh. Slipknot. And Tool. I did like Tool a lot. And uh, so I eventually got acclimated to it, but I think this was like middle school. I didn't like it, but then high school, it like kind of clicked for me. But the uh, seeds were planted there, so to speak. And then once high school hit, it was like I had a solid friend group that all conjoined, liked pop punk, got me into like all the other bands that I missed out on, like Bowling for Soup, completely oh. missed them. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is this feels like it was made in the 2000s. And they're like, yeah, that's because it was. And I'm like, OK, cool. Um, and like other bands like Yellow Card and Forever the Sickest Kids. Yeah. And then one of my friends was a super, super big fan of All Time Low. And yes, I was a little late to the all-time low gang. It was like at the tail end of eighth grade. Oh, see, I didn't get into all-time low until high school because 
it was yeah. huge in seventh and eighth grade. But like you, even though I had my dad like showing me music, he was showing me music he liked. So right. he was not like hip with what the kids were listening right. to. Yeah. So like high school was when my friends were like, oh, you like this? You're going to like all this stuff. Start listening to this. And that's where I like heavily got exposed to like yeah. new stuff. Same. And then like then once I got to college, you were exposing me to a bunch of shit. So I was just like, whoa, so much catch up. Yeah. And then like, but then also because I came so late, I didn't understand any of the predecessors like that had mm-hmm. influenced these bands. Like I probably would have liked Blink-182 if yeah. I had started sooner. But because I came into it late. Yeah. See, I, in middle school, we didn't even, like, have that all-time low craze, I don't think, because we were, like, such a small middle school that it was, like... See, they used to, like, people... I remember kids in my grades going to their concerts. Yeah. We didn't have many concert-going people in my school because we were just a little rural town, but... Mm. See, that's... that's we just had the bands. See, yours, yours was super small, but yeah. ours town was so rural that there was nothing to fucking do. So as soon as kids could, like, get out and do stuff like that, yeah. they did. We were just so concerned with nature all the time that no one cared about leaving it. So that was where we were. But then once high school hit, it was like, okay, time to catch up on all these bands. Like, I didn't get into Blink-182 until high school. And then I was like, ah, this is what my sister would also listen to besides Green Day at the time. And so that definitely, like, kick-started just being completely immersed in all the pop punk bands and then having the friends that would convince me to go to my first ever concert, which was all time low. And we've talked about it before where the first time we went to a concert, it was like, whoa, the bass is rupturing my organs and I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I didn't. But then after my second concert, I loved it. Happy for you. You you just got to like, you know, get your body used to. It makes me feel it makes me feel like nauseated. Like I don't know. That's what it did the first time for me too. I was like, I don't know how much longer I can deal with this. But then I don't know. I went to like my third concert and it was like totally fine. Didn't feel it anymore. Like I felt it, but I didn't feel nauseated. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where it ended. And then I would say the point that I came full circle and found my own music on my own was also state champs. Mm. And it was pure happenstance that I was listening to, I think, like, All Time Low on YouTube at the time because I didn't own an iPod because I was poor shit. Or have Spotify. And, or ha- Spotify was not even a thing at this point, I don't think. And because um, this was, like, 2012, I want to say. Mm. Yeah, I didn't have Spotify until junior year college like because i didn't want to listen to it without with like i think i might have tried using it but i was annoyed with about ads yeah (laughs) so we used to just use youtube (laughs) yeah exactly that's that's what i used for all my music anytime the parents were out you would blast youtube music on your computer laptop what have you and i remember in one of the recommended videos to like come up next after all time low was just it was like a picture of the band like looking kind of edgy but kind of cool for the time and it was just said like state champs the finer things full album and i was like i've never heard of these guys before i will give them a shot oh nice and then i listened to the full thing and as soon as i got through the first song elevated great song i was like i fucking love these guys like something clicked where i was like i liked all of the other bands 
and like all time low was my number one at that point. And I was like, this is all time low, but like that edgier, more aggressive feel that I was like subtly implanted with from Zach's like more aggressive Mm -hmm. bands, but I still wasn't like full blown into metal and screamo and all that stuff. So I was like, this is the perfect medley of pop punk with like some raspier vocals and like more hard hitting sounds. And I was like, yeah, fingers crossed for their new album. I know. (laughs) I would feel, I feel like State Chance was the band of our friendship and I feel like it was the band for college. Like we, like that was like our defining band. I still love them to death. Like, I don't know what it is. It's just like, and we like actively, that was the first concert I went to since sophomore year of high school we went mm-hmm. together in on our spring break and it was amazing it was awesome and we got to see them we got to meet and greet yeah them. we did I, is that still your profile picture on facebook it, it is is it nice yeah. i mean um, i just don't update facebook but i was like why would i give that up it's when we fucking met derek the lead singer so of course yeah I don't know. I just like, I just love, I'm looking at the poster we got from it in your background right oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then after that, I think my friends convinced me to go to my first warp tour in like oh. 2012 or somewhere around that time. And I remember that's when I got to meet state champs because they were still so small that like they were at yeah, one of you- the smaller stages and they were like, come say hi to us at the booth because we're not famous. So we can do that. And, like, no one was there, and I was, like, sort of semi-starstruck where I, like, saw them, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's them. This is the band that I've been listening to. I did forget the other band that I did binge a shit ton towards the end of college was Grayscale. I I was going to bring up Grayscale, too, and be like, that was also another band that we met at Warp Tour. And that was also, like, pretty influential in at least the first album. Yeah, I'm not... Not so keen on there. <laughs> I felt like State Champs had at least like two yeah. bomb albums and then like the others are okay. Mm-hmm. And then Seaway, I felt the same way. They had like the two yeah. and then whatever. But like Grayscale, I'm like, it's like the one. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm not really happy yeah. with the others. I know. So. Once like 2016 happened, it was like they all kind of started dropping the ball. 2016 like, was the fucking best year. It was like amazing for music. And yeah. then as soon as it after that, it was just like terrible. All of a sudden, everybody's PR people were like, you guys need to be less punk and more pop. And they're like, got yeah. it. And they're like, oh, actually, I need it to be balanced. And like, yeah. if it's going to lean one way or the other, I want it to be more punk. Like, that's the right. problem. <sighs> anyway. Exactly. But yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, where it landed. Warp Tour was also like the floodgates for just being able to see other bands that I also didn't really follow that much. Like, yeah. And also other concerts that I went to, too, where like they had they were the headliner all time low or something. And then they had like made a parade. And I was like, I have no idea who these guys are. And then two of my friends were like, I fucking love them. And I'm like, all right, everyone listen. That was like the sad teenager years was listening to Mayday. Yeah, I I, I, I that, the only time I go and listen to Mayday is when I'm having a bad time. <laughs> like, it's like, that's the band you go to to feel comforted. Like, 
they're just sad. Yeah, <laughs> most but of the time. But they still have like energy behind them, though. Like it's well, yeah. Like it's but pop I just mean, punk, like, the but lyrics it's like are always yes, sad. Exactly. And when they make a happy one, I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Something's different with the guys. Um, but that's pretty much like the timeline for me. And then once we hit college, we kind of just like we're back and forth. Like, hey, this this new band came out with this album, or like my friend told me about this one. We should listen to it. Yeah, I feel like I didn't care as much about music until I started to care more in high school because I had friends that were, like, really pushing it. And then infinitely I cared more once, like, we became friends and you were talking about it all the time. I was like, oh, I do have, like, a greater appreciation for this. Yeah. It definitely got me into, like, where I started, where I had absolutely, like, no idea about music. And then I also took band and drumline throughout elementary school to high school i think it just like enveloped me in completely nerding out about what is music because i started from literally ground zero and just like carried it with me into my love of like trying to find bands but then also stabbing me in the back at times when i'm like oh i love the band but they put out a not great album and like Mm. i know they can do better but it irritates me but it shouldn't irritate me because to the average person it doesn't seems so bad but to me it does because i just care that much more and that's what sucks but love music i need to get back on the high horse of finding new music because i feel like i've been listening to the same shit over and over because i have like no time in the day to just find new bands i'll just randomly you know maybe you know what i've been back on i i i have a been back on my bullshit with uh real friends <clears throat> oh okay that's that's sad boy energy from high yeah. school uh but i don't know i was just like listening to they had a new album come out or a new song new song came out and then they had an album from like a year or two ago or something that yeah i was like i ha- I remember listening to it and enjoying it but then never going back to it so that's mm-hmm. like what i've been listening to that's honestly like the best stuff to go back to is stuff you remember liking but then not binging because then yeah. you can go back to it and it still feels freshish yeah and like more fresh than real others. friends is one of those bands that like was super like life sucks but then like as they matured they've made better music you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> so that's what like i was enjoying i was like oh yeah i forgot they got better <laughs> <laughs> i forgot they, they, they all... didn't stop doing the well they were thing. like fine in high school but it was like that's the music you listen to in high school and mm-hmm. so it yeah has know, that connotation but. to it i get that they yeah. were kind of like the adjacent band to me where like my one friend liked them but i never sought them out because i was just like oh i've heard them at warp tour they're fine they didn't wow me so like i'm not gonna seek them out mm. but pretty much to make a perfect band for me just be pop punk with more punk it's <laughs> pretty much it uh, yes, yeah, so I would like some pop punk with a with extra, an extra shot. Extra Ex- shot of punk, please. A sprinkle Ex- of, extra punk shot of punk. But Oops. also be like good musically. Don't just like make the same four chord bullshit with like a standard drum beat and then generic lyrics. That's not gonna fly. There needs to be some musicality involved to intrigue Tim, me. Tim, just become a producer. Honestly, if I had the tools and the knowledge, I could. Maybe I will yeah. one day as a side gig. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But only exclusively do pop punk. Yes. 
Um, okay. Do we want to hit some, like, quick other ones before we talk about games? Because I feel like that always turns into a side tangent. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we could do that. Um... I can t- I'll talk briefly about food since I always t- I'm I'm trying to pick the hits of like what I always talk about on this show but like don't really develop. Mm-hmm. Um so I just picked out like a couple food memories that I have. Basically the reason I always talk about food is because I come from an Italian American family and food is life in those Pretty families. Much. That's not I know it's a stereotype and it's true. Uh <laughs> this is real. It's just like you just cook and that's where, like, I get also all of my memories have to do with kind of like the social aspect. Yeah. Like, I find food a social thing, and I don't really find like joy in food as m- not that I don't find it at all, but like, I find it more joyous sharing with other people and like right. going out to eat and stuff like that. That's always a staple for mm-hmm. us is like trying out new restaurants and specifically just like cooking really big meals with like my extended family and stuff. Um, Classic Italian. So, Two, yeah, two memories <laughs> that I have. Um, the pasta-related one is, like, this has been through every year. It's, like, making lasagna with my mom and my sister. It's mm-hmm. just, like, it's just a fun, super easy thing to do. And the reason that I, like, include it is because my favorite thing to do with my sister when we were younger, we still do it now, and we're, like, way older, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> when my mom's making it, we sit there and like sneak noodles out of the pot while she's making it and like Ooh. dip it in the ricotta and the sauce and like eat like a little lasagna roll up. Like, Ooh. or and then like, but we also would like wait until the end and my mom would be like, These are broken noodles. You can eat them. And we're like, Yes, <laughs> yes, give them to me. We want to and snack. Then like, yeah. And then we sit there and like eat it while the lasagna is actually baking. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's so I'd wholesome. say that. Yeah, and then also I was just talking about this this week when my family and I would go crabbing and crabbing. I have the memory of being in my grandmother's house where everyone was in the kitchen. Like it was like the uncles were outside boiling the crabs, and then um, the aunts and my grandmother and my mom were like in the kitchen cleaning mm-hmm. them all, and I was helping too. And just like the scene of like how many bushels of crabs we got and like going through like an assembly line like cleaning them and everything it's just like such a fun you know mm-hmm. family activity yeah. <laughs> and then getting to eat them afterwards oh thank god you guys got to eat them i thought you were just gonna boil them <laughs> and then throw them in the trash because you yep. just did all the fun things together yep <laughs> <laughs> yep that no, was fun that guys was, that was like one of the one of the my favorite moments also cracking open is it walnuts Walnuts, yeah. On like Christmas with my great grandfather. Oh, really good time. Man, I missed out on a lot of uh, food-based memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to share any. I just wanted to throw that out there. That's kind of why it's like I have so many. Like I could name a million. Those are just the two that first came to me. Well, see, I, I can't even contribute because I really don't have any because we come from an Irish family where we don't really care about cooking (laughs) and it was just kind of make it to eat it Mm, interesting yeah we were not a very culinarily inclined family to say the least yeah well we were also it was also like very traditional like every easter you have scuttle soup 
which is like escarole so, and and meatballs mm-hmm. in like a broth and that was like your that's the appetizer you eat before you have the real meat and mm. and like everything and then like almost every fucking meal starts with pasta and then you end with like a meat <clears throat> which is how if you mm. remember it was in italy as well yeah like the primi and the secondi yeah no i love that um, it was it just a totally new experience for me because we just would buy frozen chicken nuggets, throw them in the microwave or the oven. And that was oh damn, that was my no everything was everything was homemade and like none of I don't really talk to my extended family anymore, so I don't care. But uh, we <laughs> it was like if someone brought something store bought, it was like shade was yeah. thrown at you. Fuck you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we don't take that here. Like, there were certain things that were acceptable to be store-bought, but, yeah. like, and it, it could only be dessert. And That's even fair. then, there was still some judgment. <laughs> <laughs> even then, we were still a little displeased. Look, I mean, My we... grandma used to make homemade pizzelles, and she had, like, a pizzel iron thing and everything. So like, That's so extra. Yeah. I mean, we had Thanksgiving, and thank God for my aunt on my dad's side, because she was, like definitely brought up in that similar sort of social cooking household and she did that for us when we had like family gatherings and it was super nice but you know you just got that that cooking privilege going on Deanna you know yeah it's why I never shut up about food in case anyone likes to know it's a source of joy in a different way of like connection to other people I know that sounds so cliche but it's it's fun and it's something that you have to do you have to eat, yeah. so why not make it something you enjoy kind of thing? Yeah. I was just living my life as if I was a broke college student because it was, at that point in my life, just a way to make sure I'm living and not so much of a fun social thing. But once yeah. I had that, when we went to like study abroad and everything, it was like, wow, I was missing out on some like cool, fun things to Yeah, we really went food. hard about like food there, too. Yeah. Um, and always did like group dinners and stuff like that, which I think was really nice. Yeah. Didn't really have that. I mean, I ate with my family, but my dad's side of the family were all kind of spread out. So we never really had a bunch of always family gatherings, but my mom's side did. But still, we didn't really like do a lot of cooking. We Classic Scottish Irish, just get me some <laughs> meat and potatoes and like fucking whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Unless it's was Thanksgiving. There... Was there a category you wanted to talk about next? <laughs> um, I mean, we could briefly talk about our, like, art stuff if we Ooh. wanted to. Okay. You go um, first. Okay. For me, with art, I, w- I think it's safe to say for both you and I that we were both very creatively-minded children growing up. I think some people fall into art. And not really have that creative outlet when they're young. But I definitely, like, as a kid, was always fucking doodling on, like, anything I could get my hands on. And then I the specific memory that I want to point out is in preschool, I was wearing my Pokemon baseball cap. Had it on backwards, Aww. like Ash Ketchum in the show. And my Nana took a great picture of me drawing something and I was, like, tilting my head, and I had, like, my tongue sticking out because I was focusing Aww. so hard. And she, like, absolutely loves this picture. Like, she'll pull it out at, like, birthdays and stuff and be like, 
oh, remember when Tim was only this big and he was already, like, drawing masterpieces? And I'm like, nah, that's a goddamn squibble of, like, something. I don't even know what it was, but it was not a masterpiece by any stretch of the means, but I appreciate it. Um, And I think that definitely, like, set the standard of, like, oh, we should put Tim into, like, preschools that foster a lot of creative outlets because... Mm. Or at least this was the narrative that I believed growing up because all of my pictures that my mom has kept are, like, pictures of me with, like, dirty hands covered in, like, ink pens and, like, paper mache or plaster. Yeah. And just, like, colored all over and I'm just, like, smiling from ear to ear just being like, ah, I'm getting my hands dirty and I'm doing something crafty. I, like, loved crafty stuff. I loved crafts, dude. Yeah. Those fucking kits you could get from like AC Moore mm-hmm. that were just like felt things, even like oh, yeah. just gluing shit together. Just I was like, shit. this is the time of my life. Every 100%. single time I would, I would like make my mom, if she dragged me to the craft store, I was like, we're getting a craft and you have to. Yeah. Like, you know what you're getting yourself into, mom. Yeah, it's torture <laughs> otherwise. And uh, this also translated into some other things too, where like my dad wasn't as creatively inclined and a little bit more practical i'd say Mm. so he i remember as a kid gave me like hammer and nails and just like kept them in the port on the porch and was just like do whatever you want with these and i remember as a kid just like getting pieces of like branches and stuff and just like hammering them together do whatever you want with these (laughs) what a weird like (laughs) I, i don't think that was a real command but he was essentially like there's a hammer there's a box of nails. If you feel like doing something creative, you can do it with those. And I was like, that's okay. so strange. It's so funny. Yeah. Well, well that's that's unique. How do, how old were you though? Like uh, six, seven. Oh my maybe? god, that's so uh-huh. young to be using those. I I mean, my dad was a handyman, so he tried teaching my sister and I like stuff growing yeah. up. Like, here's how to hold a piece of wood down while doing a power saw, and I was like terrified. So I was never good at it. But it was around. And I, but like hammer and nails, I could fuck with for some reason. Like it was easy, it was small. (laughs) And I was like, my hands are tiny, so I'll miss them. And uh, I just remember one time making what I thought was like a fucking cool ass jetpack where I just literally took a piece of a tree stump and nailed like two pieces of wood to it to make it look like Buzz Lightyear wings. Oh my God, stop. That's cool though. Yeah. And I was like, dad, I made you a jetpack. And he's like, cool, thanks. And then I kept it on the back porch for years. (laughs) Oh my God, really? That's adorable. Yeah. And then I think my dad was like, you should do engineering because you like making stuff. And I'm like, hmm, sounds boring. I like doing art. And he's like, it's kind of like art. <laughs> Trying to just push me it's towards a practical with a way. paycheck. Yeah, right? It's pretty much, honestly. Um, and then I just like kind of doodled a lot of my free time. Another mer- memory I wanted to point out, which I think I've talked about before, was when the card game Duel Masters was big at least in my school for a year there was I don't even know what that is it was essentially Yu-Gi-Oh that's all you need oh. to know it was the cooler newer Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> and I remember my friend down the street in elementary school showed me on his dad's computer that there was like a art contest where you could draw oh, you your could own monster this. and you yeah. would have to like submit it to whatever address or whatever and you would have to like give a description about it and like what it does what it doesn't do and we were like, fuck yeah, this is our shit. 
And, like, at that point, I was super into, like, drawing monsters and creatures and things, like, based on Yu-Gi-Oh! and other, like, Pokemon and things that I just saw all the time on TV. And so we got super into it, drew my monster, gave him, like, attack and defense points and, like, gave reasonings for, like, why he's so strong because, of course, I wanted to make a super strong character. And then by the time we finished, he was like, oh, wait. I checked the deadline. It was like three months when I showed you it. So we completely oh. missed it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. But I was already like super happy with my probably terrible drawing. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep drawing other stuff then. And just kind of kept going from there, taking inspiration from other video games and media that I liked at the time. And, uh, Kind of stopped in high school, kind of didn't, doodled a lot. And then once we got to college, where I was like, hey, I want to start doing more art again and maybe also do some animating, some animation stuff. I need some tools for it. Dana was like, I fucking got you, fam. And got me my (laughs) first, like, little cute drawing tablet that you plug into your computer so I could, like, do some digital art and everything, which I had, like, barely done once in middle school at that time i literally never topped that year for gifts like (laughs) i got you that and then a drawn framed picture from when i went to italy of our professor yeah made for you i was just like can't top this is elite and i will never this (laughs) This is top tier this is peak peak gift giving oh it so was (laughs) And, like, that definitely, like, set it forward of, like, okay, well, I have no excuse now. I got to get into this. And the rest is history. Still doing digital art. Still doing animating. Shameless plug. Have an Instagram (laughs) for it. Tim Allen Draws. Period. Between the... (laughs) Uh, The real reason that this podcast... Yeah, the real reason is to plug my merch, my YouTube channel, my Patreon. It's it's all there in the description. Um, But, yeah, just trying to take it to the next level i always love doing it throughout my life yeah i've i've always liked art but i have such a problem with like look as a kid that was always told that they were a pleasure to have in class Mm -hmm. and you know always excelled at everything i have such an issue with like if i am not instantly good at something i have a Mm. hard time like plugging away at it at least where like i don't see decent results like it's easy for me to do rock climbing now because i can visibly tell that i get better each time i go right um and also it's like also it's just like easy fun even if i'm doing the same stuff whatever yeah versus like with art i get frustrated when i'm not like i have a a vision in my head and i can't do it right um the classic artist dilemma Right, so I end up like not doing art, but yeah. I found, which makes sense. I've always loved, like you, when I was, I just like loved crafty things, yep. and making a mess. That's like my the thing my family hated making was that mess. I just, I just <laughs> loved making a mess. Love being dirty. Shit. Um, I was also like a blocks kid. Oh yeah, same. And Legos and stuff. Legos, um, connects, all that fun stuff. The thing is, is like I've never seen myself as like a super imaginative imaginative person like i have to be inspired by something but like i could never be i was never that person that like like you said came up with characters or like 
mm. creatures or monsters. I never was able to do that. It used to drive me insane. But I mean, granted, as a kid, you think you're being creative, but what you're doing is just taking something that's already made and like giving it an extra pair of wings and you're calling it. I know, but still, I still just don't even, I always did like stuff from life because I just like was not like weirdly imaginative or or anything. But anyway, my mom knew I really liked art and she used to put me in external art classes because my favorite class at school was always like, yeah, my favorite class at school was always art. And I always took a liking to my art teachers too. Mm -hmm. It's like the classic, like, Sad kids in high school's favorite perf- teacher was always the English teacher because they're like the most understanding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I felt like art teachers I just connected with because they found so much joy in life for like such cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so I used to do that. And then I had external classes. And I, the first one I did, I did like a lot of drawing. But then the second one was just like this hippie woman who ran these classes out of her basement. And like, perfect. My, my mom got recommended by a friend to take to take me to her. I loved her. She yeah. was so delightful, like just like had super long red hair, glasses, <laughs> like like if, as you can imagine. Looked like yeah, like not not didn't look like her because she didn't have curly hair, but like oh okay, that vibe is what she was, mm-hmm. and she was so great. And that was I think like what really inspired me. And I bring this up because. That was where I got to do glass blowing and Ooh. make like glass beads. And I That's did cool. uh, like stained glass. Like I made like a mosaic tea motive, mm-hmm. a votive, votive, not motive. A and motive. then, <laughs> and then um, that was when I did pottery for the first time. Uh, she helped oh. me make, I made a tea, a teapot and teacups. So I made like Ooh. a full tea set and made it look like fine China with like blue and white yeah, uh, glazes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I just thought that was the coolest shit. And then I yes. didn't do pottery again for years until college, I think. That, yeah, and very that, similar I, experience there. That was the yeah. same thing with me. We did pottery once in elementary school, and then I was like, this is fucking cool, and then never did it again. I And that was, like, I just realized recently, like I told you months ago, but it's, like, even though I love drawing and I find it so enticing and I still actually was like, I picked up my sketchbook the other day. I was like, I need to, to draw. I haven't drawn anything yet, but I, I still want to, but I find that hands on art is the most rewarding. And it's funny because when we were in college, I did not like making, making models. <laughs> yeah. Even though I found them therapeutic, like whenever you would finish a drawing set and then you'd be like, Oh, I just have the model. You're mm-hmm. like, cool it's just a hands-on thing and you can just zone in but i always hated them because they never turn out the way you wanted that's why i didn't like it you were never good enough to make it exactly how you saw it and you would always fuck up because it was late at night whatever yeah all that good stuff but yeah i was i i just like became so enamored with that and like anytime because i find what i what i find 2d art like drawing Mm -hmm. even though i find it so interesting when it's done i do not like the process as much and i think that's what it is like i don't hate Mm. it but i get easily frustrated by it where it's just like a constant battle of like getting it to look the way i want versus like i'm way more forgiving on with myself when in the process of hands-on stuff like pottery or and like if there's a mistake i kind of am just like that's the process and like what did i learn and like also like because i made it with my hands it's like well you know I don't know. It's just like 
different versus I know like you use your hands for drawing too, but it's like right. that feels so innate to like my skill of understanding like space and like composition and stuff versus like right. I don't know. I don't know what it is in my brain, but like hands-on stuff like feels rewarding because it's like I'm physically like manipulating it. And yeah, right. That's what I was going to say is like when you're drawing, you're still using a tool to create the entirety yes. of that art. But when you're doing something like pottery or paper mache, you're using yes, your to... actual hands. Like... That, w- that too. Um, it, at that same art class, I made a paper mache thing and uh, I made a chameleon. Nice. And like she we went out in her yard and picked up like a big stick to put it on. Mm-hmm. And like we made it out of wire art first and then right. filled it with paper and like went all around it. And like yep. it came out so cool. We still have it, I think, somewhere oh. in my house. I'd um, love to see it. Yeah, my parents were the I should say my mom. Not to say that my dad didn't appreciate it, but like <laughs> uh they were big on saving all of my artwork. So like yeah. there's so much in the house. But I should not say that because my in second grade i made back when they in school they used to like uh have you do things for mother's day and father's day oh yeah we made like paper mache cups mm-hmm. and for some reason we, you could have did any color you could have mixed colors all this stuff mm-hmm. when we were painting them i was like my dad likes blue so i'm just gonna make the whole thing blue <laughs> like i didn't even try like i was just like i know he likes blue and yep. it like I remember being so proud of it, but then when I gave it to him, I was so nervous that he wasn't going to like it. Oh. And I think he still has it and still uses it. If not, it was like he recently threw it out kind of thing. Like, I'm pretty sure he still has it, but like my whole life, all the way through high school, at least, it was on his desk and he used it as a cup holder for pens. And like, I mean, it's that classic, like, you don't need anything else like why replace it when it does its job but also right. i thought i was like oh yay and then <laughs> so <laughs> you kept like it. it yeah yeah that's always so nice to see is like all the elementary school stuff that you're like ah, oh, maybe they like it maybe they won't and then you just like see it again randomly and you're like you still have this yeah like i, I, I used to like make things my mom's desk is like littered with the stupid i, I was gonna say that like, too yeah like i yeah. go into my mom's room and there's like old pieces of like pottery that i glazed and painted and like it looks like so six-year-old me but as a six-year-old i remember being like oh yeah this is gonna be a dragon (laughs) he's gonna do all this crazy stuff and it's like literally a blob and i'm like you don't have to keep that (laughs) i i totally get it though why they i'm not even a parent but i understand now like the nostalgia of just seeing it they're just like oh simpler times when you were youngins yeah, I'm like so motivated. I might do some embroidery tonight. That's like the new Ooh. hands-on thing I've taken on. I do need to do pottery too, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I have too many ambitions for art, and that's kind of my problem. I never know where to like. Yeah. My personality in general is that I want to do everything. Right. And that is like, it's so hard for me to figure out what to do first because I would try everything under the sun. If someone was like, oh, you want to come with me in class to do this? I would always 100% say yes. Unless it's like. Trash compacting? I I still would be like, well, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) But you're the compactor. You're just hugging trash. Oh, okay. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, speaking of things I would never. Not that I would never do, but I really don't want to do. Zip lining. 
I saw mm-hmm. a TikTok of this dad and his son ziplining and somehow a sloth got on the yes, zip line I saw and they that. slammed into that. Yes. Okay. Holy shit. <laughs> and then like the sloth new... is like, hey, fuck you, pal. I felt so bad for it. It like went so far and everyone was like, what about rug burn? It's on its little hands. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, new fear unlocked. Didn't even think that was a possible new thing to be afraid unlocked. of. <laughs> well, just don't go any, don't go any zip lines where there's sloths. Like, Anywhere in, in New the England. dead of the woods. Yeah. You're probably fine in most areas. Maybe not just like those types of jungles. Yeah. Um. So since this is getting to be a long episode, do you want to split our other things into the next episode? Uh, We can do that if we feel like we want to give it enough time. This is our uh, on-the-fly planning. We have not decided on episode 99. We're on 98, right? Yeah, uh, Correct. So we know for episode 100 uh, what we're doing. Yes. But, yeah, I didn't know if you had another thing you wanted to do, if you just want to, or even just a portion of it. <clears throat> um, No, I think it, it's fine if this is, like, the stopping point, and then we pick up on the next episode, perhaps, with... yeah more and maybe we also talk a little bit more since we always said we would finish up our study abroad stories yeah it can be like a since we're already telling stories maybe yeah, exactly. we'll just end on that <clears throat> perfect i think that sounds like a plan that way we don't have to rush our talk about video games which is Ooh, our favorite part i know video <laughs> everyone's games? everyone's like okay i'll make sure to come back for episode 100 and skip 99 yeah <laughs> It'll be more than video games. It will. We It'll have be much like, more. We have categories of that have influenced our lives. We didn't even talk about movies. Nope. Um, humor. Humor. And just like other, other wonderful stories. We, we, we should probably kind of talk a little bit about architecture. I don't know if you... I mean, we've talked about like our path before, but... Yeah. Like beforehand. At least but. for me, it's a pretty short story. Yeah, but I also was thinking, like, even just maybe our experience with it in college, too. Yeah, we could do um, that. I don't know. It's a free-for-all. We're kind of just wrapping up stories about us that we like to share that are unique. Yeah, we're not dying or anything, but we wanted, you know, to have a nice, rounded, holistic view of all the different points of us. Because we're just so deep, you know? <laughs> Well, I just think that also this podcast is really like put on display the things that we like and yeah. dislike and like how we think about things. But some mm-hmm. sometimes we would cut ourselves off from derailing into side stories because we didn't have the time. So this yeah. is kind of the time to do it. This is I'm the sure unloading. Said some of, yeah, I'm sure we've said some of this stuff. I know some of this yeah. is new, though, like stuff that you've told me. Yeah, for sure. I've definitely held back on some things or just like a story is never like segued into another type of story without like us specifically wanting to talk about it so this this was a good reason to do it as any Mm. and because of that yeah i think we can split it up so that way we don't do that again and nix any sort of side tangent or story that we would like to share next time so I, I think just think there's some, some stuff. stuff left on my list that I think mm. would be funny. Funny to share in. Ha <laughs> funny. Bounce off of each other. And we're so far into this episode that I'm like, uh, it's going to get lost in the mix because we're going to get tired and not e- Fair. expand on it as much. Fair point. All right, then. 
we'll break All it up right. into two parts. This is part one now, officially. Part one. And if you're curious, episode 100 have a little game aspect. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be a little fun. But a little different. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us on the long. And short. Of. It. Bye. Goodbye. Gosh, I hope they liked our stories. Hope we weren't boring them. Bye.